Welcome back to Purely IFS, a show that aims to support therapists and practitioners in using internal family systems as their primary approach with clients. I'm Gail Williamson. And I'm Emma Redfern. In today's episode, we're going to look at updating and facilitating the connection between self and part, or the hookup, as one of my first IFS trainers, Barb Cargill, called it. And like almost every aspect of IFS, there is no one-size-fits-all. There are so many ways in which this part of the process can play out. So there's going to be a part two to this topic in our next episode. Yes, because sometimes it's very straightforward, and then in other instances, particularly in relation to having parts meet self, it takes time. So today we're going to go through a few of the scenarios you can expect to encounter and describe how to handle them. And then we're going to look at one interesting case study in detail in the next episode. And to start, I'm going to talk about what updating is. And it's more than just asking about the age of parts and telling parts the age of the client although that is an important aspect of updating and can often be sufficient to bring about some differentiation. And by differentiation, you mean, Emma? Well, I go into this in detail in the Transitioning to IFS book, but briefly two things. First, IFS facilitates a differentiation process in, for example, focusing on a body sensation with acceptance, warmth, curiosity, etc., that leads in time to differentiating a part, wanting to communicate and be known and be welcomed. So yeah, in, instead of just experiencing a thought or a sensation, for example, we'd help a client relate to it as a part. That's the first key differentiation. Sure. And secondly, once we're in connection with that part or any part, then we have lots of opportunities for highlighting further differentiation. For example, we recognize the difference between self and parts, between past and present, between the client self and an, and an abuser, and so on. So yeah, differentiation is an important aspect of why we update. Yes. And for me, and there are three main areas in which it's helpful to provide updates. Safety, resources and change. The premise of IFS as a therapy is that wounded parts are stuck back in time, often in horrible circumstances, and are kept out of everyday existence by other young parts also stuck in time. And neither exiles and protectors have the level of resources that self has. Those C and P qualities such as courage, open-heartedness, perspective, etc. Yes. Protectors and exiles don't have the means to change and transform that meeting self brings. So along the way in negotiating with protectors to allow self-access to exiles, I will update the protector about how more safety, resources and change are available, should they want to meet with the one who isn't a part. I'm trying to hope merchant and highlight that there's something in it for the part to meet with self. Yeah, so to give a couple of examples of possible update scenarios, um, often it will be quite straightforward. And when you've gotten your client to tell the part how old they are now, 
and perhaps other information that seems useful for the protector to know, such as that they no longer live in their childhood home, the protector may suddenly appear to the client to reduce in size. You know, Emma, how often protectors can initially appear as intimidating figures, sometimes scary big monsters or fearsome gods? Well, yes, my inner critic initially appeared as a Frankenstein's monster with its hands around my neck. Oh, wow. Um, so yes, sometimes they can appear as Frankenstein's monster. And then after the update, the client, who is likely then seeing more from self, sees the protector more as they are. Or after an update, often the protector is very apologetic, maybe saying, I, I didn't know. In which case, I will usually use broadcast direct access, which we talk about in episode two, and say to the client something like, ah, well, it makes sense to me that this part didn't know. I'm sure it's just been so focused on the job it's been doing. Yeah, and hopefully, Gail, the part feels really validated by that and not judged. Yeah. Then I'll start trying to bring in some self, asking the fourth F. How are you feeling towards this part right now? And the client will likely be feeling warmth and will want to share that with the part and tell the part that it doesn't need to feel bad, that they know the part was only trying to help. And so now there's a connection between self and part. Yes, and relief is often a response when a protector finally meets self and realises and really feels that someone has come to be with them or more accurately, has now become available to be with them. Yeah, and you know, sometimes it's even more simple, um, where once the protector is updated, it will express surprise, and the client is able to say something like, uh, he, he's looking at me now, he sees how tall I am, he's saying he didn't know I was there, he actually seems a bit embarrassed, and he's happy for me now to take over. I notice the longer you work with someone, the more access they have to self, the more it will play out like this. It's clear that self has become a bigger presence in the system. And frequently then you'll hear parts say when they meet self that they'd already heard about him or her from other parts or had become aware of self through the course of the, of the therapy. And it's, it's kind of nice when you hear that, when you hear about this kind of background communication between parts, when often in systems that are more dissociated, the parts are very walled off from one another. Mm, yes. And perhaps then in a client who has had a fair bit of therapy before, and who might have a realistic sense of their ACEs, their adverse childhood experiences, and know that maybe they didn't have an ideal childhood with attuned caregivers, for example. Understandably, they might have a part who's been protecting an exile from a very young age, and that protector expects that self will be abusive or weak, or both, yeah. like the primary caregivers. And if I detect such fears in the protector, I can update the part. The self is very different and won't hurt them, or neglect them in those ways, for example. I'll hope, Merchant, that at some point they will be able to see and feel that difference for themselves. 
Yeah, um, but of course, as as we know, updating a part that a client is now 36 doesn't equate to the 36-year-old being self. That's that's not what we're saying, is it, Emma? No, that's right. Because I, I think that was something that I recall struggling with as a beginner. I couldn't, for a while, I couldn't get my head around, why are we updating the part? If we're then saying that the 36-year-old isn't self, um, for any listeners who might be grappling with this too, can you offer them some clarity, Emma? Sure, I'll try. Um, <laughs> and it's, an, it's a misunderstanding that's easy to make. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the reason I think we highlight the difference in ages between the part and the client in the present day are to show the passage of time that the part did survive, even if it maybe thought it wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And we also do it to show the availability and um, increase in resources now available to their system that might not have been present in the past. So the part may be three or four and not have much power or ability to escape where it's stuck. And indeed the client at the chronological age of three or four didn't have the means to live on their own for sure. Mm -hmm. So knowing now that the system has a grown-up's resources is great and can bring relief. So the client will have skills, they may be married, have children of their own, a job, home, etc., which can feel reassuring to a protector. So we're saying, Emma, that it's not enough in terms of meeting self. Just to point out to a part the client is now 30 or 36 or whatever. After all, I guess many of us were hurt by protector-led rather than self-led authority figures of those kind of ages. So age is not a determinant of self-leadership by itself. Absolutely. And self is ageless. It doesn't equate to the adult self as some people have been taught or have read. Yeah, that's an important point, isn't it? That self is not the same as the adult. Yes, and that's why IFS teaches about self-energy in terms of CMP qualities. We don't necessarily share all that information with a protector, though I have been known to Hope Merchant to one that I'd like to introduce them to a big them or someone who'd like to get to know them and connect with them, which kind of implies a couple of C qualities the curiosity and the connectedness. So in answer to the question about why the update of the client's present day age, if this doesn't equate to self, we're saying we do that for important differentiation reasons and that this together with all the other aspects of updating and of course the hope merchanting is what allows protectors to relax, for self to be experienced. Yes. Just to maybe say quickly too, that when you get to the point of meeting an exile, the update is much more straightforward. It's a case of working on the connection and asking things like, does the little boy see you? Does he know who you are? He's not sure. Well, Tell him that you're the older him, that you're able to help him now. Just things like that to, to build the connection. 
Now, as we know, demos and case studies in books may not provide um, a completely realistic view of everyday therapy. And updating often doesn't go as easily and have as swift an impact as we might be led to believe. If you are relying on an age update, doing some sort of magic, and then run into some obstacles, we'd like you to have some other updating options to turn to, as well as suggesting you access your own creativity to update accordingly. Because the, the fact is that often when you get the client to tell a protector their age now, the protector says, so what? You still can't help. Or the protector seems to take on board the client's present age, but then there's no real reaction and nothing shifts. So um, that's when we might be able to ask the protector to look at the client, look at Mary or John, and ask what or who they see or sense. And if the protector is used to a lot of control in the system and unwilling to really open up to the idea of change or meeting self, it might be that they don't really look or sense and they either judge self negatively or project onto self negative qualities. For example, a very active and dynamic protector might deride the client. They're useless, can't do anything. That may be because the party's picking up on self's calm or beingness rather than the doing quality yeah. that they value. Um, alternatively, what the protector is seeing, sensing, describing might be another part it's possibly polarizing with. In which case, I might then have the client explain to the part that they are seeing another part, not self, and guide the client to ask the part described as useless or can't do anything to, to give space, to step back, maybe out of sight of the other protector. And then I'll ask the protector to take another look and see what it sees and senses. And again, here I'm looking for responses to suggest the part is seeing or sensing self's presence. For example, the client could tell me, he's glad I'm here, like I'm solidly there for him. And I might follow up with, great, see if you can communicate your appreciation and respect to him too. And when it's apparent there's a softening you can guide questions to deepen the growing connection to firm up that hookup, such as ask him if he'd like to know more about what your life looks like now. Also, not forgetting to use the fourth F and getting your client to send whatever self-energy may be available directly to the part. Yes, and Gail, you have a client example to give listeners a sense of the kind of dialogue you might get into with dominant protectors during updating. I do, yes. Uh, one, one client, I'll call him Mike, we'd just been talking about the difficulty that he had making decisions. I think you, you encounter a lot of clients like this, so I'm hoping this will be useful. Um, where I made the comment that ideally, we're trying to make decisions from a self-led place, not from, say, an extreme part. And then it was apparent that his figuring out part was there and was annoyed with what I said. But how exactly am I supposed to do that? They wanted to know. Mm. So in that comment, Gail, you're hearing the figuring out part, trying to figure out how to be self-led, as you'd called it. Yeah. And that's, that's where the parts detecting comes in. Yes. And the part continued. 
And what do you mean by sit back? I know you say there's a self there who can help. I do want to sit back, but what does that mean? So here I do think it's important that figuring out parts efforts to understand are respected. And so I try to help it understand more by giving the analogy of a car. Mm, yes, me too. That's always a useful analogy. I use the metaphor of the inner psychic bus, where I guess you're saying, well, I would understand that you're the one that's most often in Mike's driving seat. And if you agreed to sit back, it would mean you could let Mike's self sit in the driving seat. You could sit in the back for a while and watch and see what you think. And, you know, when I did this, when I explained this, it made sense to the protector. But I went on to say to the part that it was my guess that it didn't feel ready to sit back. And that when it did feel ready, it, it would be able to do it. It then said to me, but I feel like I'm all there is, that there's no other self. I'm trying so hard to figure myself out and I just feel so lost. I know you're right that I'm the one in control, but I'm not doing it consciously. So here again is where I can offer more clarity to the part about itself and say, no, I know you're not. Like many hardworking parts like you, you're just stuck in this role that you've been forced into. Yes, which sounds like a good point maybe to go into some hope merchanting, where you're going to highlight another aspect of differentiation, the difference between the past and present from the future. So you might ask the protector, but just say we can help the parts of Mike that you've been protecting for so long and still work really hard to protect. Is there something you would prefer to do instead? Um, that suggests the part now has options, that its situation can change for the better if the part's up for that. Exactly. Mike then got pictures of skateboarding as a little boy. That's what the part wanted to do, just play. And I followed up to the part with, so that's our hope here, that we can get things to a place where you can just have fun. And then I heard some self. Mike saying to me, he seems so much calmer, but he does look very tired. Right, ah, so you detect self through his switch from I to he, from the first person to third person. Yes, and then I go back to the fourth F. How are you feeling towards him right now, Mike? And Mike says, I feel sorry for him and I want to help him. Yep, so I'm hearing you don't automatically rely on the change of language from I to he to detect self. You still use that important differentiation question. Yes, of course, we regularly need to be using the fourth F. And then I just guided Mike to tell the part directly that he wanted to help. When you do something like that, it's good then to always check how a part responds to any intervention like that. So I asked, how does he respond when you say that, Mike? He's really looking at me. Great. Can you ask him what he notices about you? Does he feel how strong you are now? He does. And of course, these kind of questions are aimed at building connection. And you can hear that the hookup between self and part has really begun.
Another stuck point beginners might have during updating is when they meet the dominant figuring out part that prides itself on knowing everything and part of whose job it likely is to do IFS. And so when you ask, how old do you think Mary is? It will say, well, I know she's 36. Yes. And perhaps as a beginner, you might get a bit thrown there because the protector isn't giving the expected answer of a child's age. So Gail, if you give people a couple of options for dealing th with this when it happens, and I'll give another one that maybe moves it away from the age issue. Great. Well, in those instances, it's always good to validate the protector's knowledge. Great. I'm glad you know that Mary's 36. But this is when you can go on to use the intervention that you described earlier, Emma, where you say, but I wonder, can you look at Mary and tell me what you see? I'll often use that intervention in this situation because I want to get a sense for myself of what the protector is or isn't aware of, and because it usually does provide a way forward with the work. Where, for example, if the protector looked at the client and saw a fragile little girl, it's then possible for us, once the part has really met self, to say that if the protector is willing, self can connect to that little girl and help her. And then the little girl becomes our new target part. But actually, a good way I've found of dealing with this is the following. So the protector says it knows the client's present age. And I say, well, that's great. I'm glad you know that Mary has grown up now and is 36. But how old does she feel to you? So instead of how old do you think Mary is, I'm asking how old does she feel to you? And I've yet to ask this follow-up question and the protector not then reply with the child or teen age. So it is a good question to remember. You have another option here though, Emma? Yes. So if the protector knows their age and the client's chronological age and age update magic isn't applicable or available, I might really want to slow down. So I'd, I'd step back from relying on the age update and return to getting to know the protector using all the great usual protector questions. And as a part of getting to know the protector, it would hopefully be getting to know and trust me too. And when I'm feeling hopefully expansive and open-hearted towards the protector, I might ask the part what they sense in me towards them. Yes, yeah, so I'd imagine you'd need to have a lot of self-energy, as you're saying. Yes. Or, or, you know, feel like you've got good self-energy in order to do that at that yeah. point. Yeah, so I may be feeling confident and holding my seat yeah. and curious. Um, they might not know what they feel from me or they might reply that i'm here to sort think something out or make something ha stop happening in which case i can provide a different sort of update about how i see our relationship or potential relationship and how i see the ifs therapy that they've come for which it wouldn't be quite how they see it so this is an opportunity to do differentiation and get buy into IFS. So you're saying something like, 
Um, I'm wondering if you think this is going to be just like the CBT therapy Mary had a while back, where you had to try really hard to control a part inside so it didn't think a certain way. Well, IFS works differently. It involves me and Mary getting to know and appreciate you and other parts and introducing you to the Mary who isn't a part because she can help parts who are burdened, release the pain they hold from the past, or let go of the weight of responsibility they've been carrying for so long. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. And also, if I ask the part what they sense in me, and if they're shy and they don't respond, I might continue the inquiry and be a little more explicit by asking maybe if they can feel my curiosity for and my presence with them and with 36-year-old Mary or 50-year-old John. And if that lands and the protector softens a little, I might then suggest that what they sense in me is also available inside them from the Mary or the John who isn't apart. So I'm continuing to differentiate between who they think Mary or John is and the self I believe is accessible inside Mary or John. So differentiation is the name of the game this episode, Gail. Absolutely. I'm really getting that. <laughs> so join us next time for updating part two, where we're going to go through one interesting client example in a lot of detail. It promises to be very useful. Bye for now. Bye everyone.